And now, the BGC Sports Network presents The Shake Back with Willie Epting Jr. Here we go, baby. And here we are back for another edition of The Shake Back Sports Show. Big game Christian Sports Network to the dopest engineer on the planet, Big Day. What's going on, sports fans all around the planet? It's your boys, Willie Epting Jr. and Corey Ellison once again holding it down. Before I bring Corey in the fold, we got to pay the bills. This first segment of this brand new episode is being brought to you by the Big Game Christian Sports Network. That's right. Since the last time we talked, has a narrative changed? Let's find out together as we kick, kick, kick. The Narrative, Part 3 on Saturday, November 13th, rather, at 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. on Facebook Live at BGC Sports 1. And we're sure that everyone is going to want to comment. So, that's Kick the Narrative, Part 3, Saturday, November the 14th, right here on the BGC Sports Network. Corey Ellison, my homie, my brother from another mother of more than 20 years. What's going on, kid? What's going on, dog? Yeah, how that sound? That that sounded pretty good, huh? <laughs> yeah, man, I'm super excited, man. And upgraded some of my, my my stuff, so I'm 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 just happy. Yeah, yeah, it's Christmas. It ain't even Christmas yet. All right, man, <laughs> we got a lot to get into, man. We uh, and I'm just gonna go ahead and re- just reveal the secret. Um. Since Corey upgraded everything, we had to redo the show, but I don't mind working twice as nice when this, when the sound is as good as it is. So, man, we about to go ahead and dive all into this. So, um, wide receiver, A.B., not Antonio Brown, but yeah, Antonio Brown, Antonio's back. The word came out, Corey, on Thursday that his uh, suspension is going to be up after week eight. And the Seattle Seahawks are first in line, allegedly, to sign one former number 84 and one former number 17 of the Pittsburgh Steelers, of the Oakland Raiders, of the New England Patriots. And now the Seahawks have their sights set on him. If this does happen, Corey, is this a good fit? I'm kind of torn, Willie, on this. Um one part of me feels like it may work and the other part feels like it could possibly cause some turmoil uh, in the Seahawks organization. However, I do feel like AB is on his last leg, his last straw. So in one aspect, I'm hoping he has enough sense, which he hasn't in the past, but I'm hoping that he has enough sense to realize that this may be his last shot and that he gets his act together, and then he just goes out and plays football and produces on the field. Um, But like I said, on the other hand, we've seen it more than once or twice where he could be a detriment to the team. Mm -hmm. Um, But if he does go in and does what he's supposed to do, man, and be that deep threat and taking the top off the defense, um, I think it could possibly work. They have a coach that's a no-nonsense type of coach, has leadership. They have a quarterback that has leadership. And 
uh, the locker room is strong as well. Uh, I already know what you're going to say because you're going to bring up other teams that's had that as well. But I'm just hoping that he realizes that this is probably his last chance. So we'll see. And I, and you're right. You do know what I'm going to say because I'm just that type of guy. Um, he had that in Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin, strong coach, strong locker room, and a quarterback that can get him the ball in Big Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, we don't really know if he would have had that with Derek Carr. Or, yeah, with Derek, I almost called him David. With Derek Carr. Um, in Oakland because it was over before it really began. But we know that Mike Mayock and John Gruden were those dudes when it came to that. So that didn't even get a chance to lift off the ground. But then he goes to the ultimate franchise, not only just in the NFL, Corey, but really almost in all of sports. And it doesn't work there either. Tom Brady, uh, Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft. And uh, all those other guys, the brain trust, the the leaders on that team to include Jamie Mayo and Patrick Chung. And this is, of course, all before, you know, where we are now with COVID because those guys, most of those guys opted out. Um, and the McCourty boys. So they had the leadership in the locker room. They had the leadership at quarterback. They had the leadership at head coach and on up. Um, and for the difference between Pittsburgh, Oakland and New England Pittsburgh and Oakland and then New England was the fact that New England let him go because of what was going to happen. Pittsburgh let him go because what happened and Oakland let him go because of what happened. But New England let him go because of what was going to happen. So he played one game for the Patriots, had five catches. I believe it was 64 yards, something to that effect. Actually had a touchdown as well. Um, but then he was gone after that first game. So you're right in the fact that Seattle does have the quarterback. They do have the head coach and they do have the leadership in that locker room. So if he does go there, if he does go there, Corey, are we worried about his antics? Because we've seen the trifecta of what we just talked about in other places. Do we think that he's going to really calm down aside from what we hope? Do we think um, past history says that he won't. However, I think his leash is very, very short. And if it does get to the point where he starts to be a disruption, he'll be released from there as well. And then that'll probably be the end of Antonio Brown as an NFL receiver. So, like I said, man, I just hope he realizes we all know that wide receivers are divas, but he's a diva times 1,000. So, Hopefully he's learned to calm down, man, and realizes that, number one, he's going to a great organization. Number two, he's going with a quarterback who's playing at an MVP level. And number three, he's going to a team that potentially has a chance to make a deep run into the playoffs and possibly Super Bowls. So I don't know, brother. We just have to see. And just some uh, just some numbers on one Antonio Brown. One, two, three, four, five, six straight seasons with at least a hundred catches. He has a hundred or eight hundred and thirty-seven in his career. And 
the, the the last time he played, of course, is that one game in New England. He had actually four catches for 56 yards and a score. Led the league in receptions and yards in 2014. Led the league in receptions in, uh, in 2015 with 136. Led the league in receiving yards in 2017 with 1533, as well as leading the yard, uh, leading the league in yards per game at 109 and a half. And in 2018, his last productive year anywhere, um, led the league with 15 touchdowns uh, while garnering uh, uh, over 100 uh, over 100 catches as well. So we know what he can do on the field. We know that he is a hard worker. As John Gruden has once said, he is the hard, hardest working player or person that he's ever seen. But what is his mental going to be like going forward? And when you have a team that already has, as we stated, Russell Wilson, Chris Carson at running back, DK Metcalf at the wide out from the University of Mississippi, Tyler Lockett, at the slot out of Kansas State and DK Metcalf is the undisputed alpha dog in that wide receiver room so the concern that I have Corey is how much or how little effect will he have negatively on the chemistry um, what kind of uh, what kind of reaction or response will we see from DK Metcalf? I don't think Tyler Lockett is as much in the fray as 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 uh, Metcalf is, but we shall see. And did you know, Corey, that Seattle receivers lead the NFL in receptions? Uh, as far as touchdowns and I think they're either third or fourth they're in the top five in yards per catch in all of the NFL so if this does happen or actually if it doesn't happen and taking Baltimore out of the mix because we got some news about them as well um, who do we see as a potential landing spot for AB after his, uh, his suspension is up yeah, well, I, of course we have Seattle number one we will take Baltimore out of the equation because, like you said, we do have matters to discuss with that. Uh, my only other team that I've really considered was the Tennessee Titans. <clears throat> Reason I picked them is number one, the head coach Mike Vrabel, uh, cut from the Belichick uh, cloth, no nonsense type of coach, but he is a definite leader, and his players will uh, run through a brick wall for him. Um, they have a strong locker room, strong chemistry, a quarterback in play. Um, and again, they're, they're a team that has Super Bowl aspirations and capabilities. So that's the only other team that I could honestly think of. I have concerns about him going possibly to the Titans. Um, Mike Vrabel, number one just does not seem like the coach that will even entertain bringing in a personality like AB. That's my number one, or actually that's one, that's one of the top concerns, but I think the main concern that I have about him going or potentially going to the Titans is the fact that they are a run first team. Um, Eddie Lacy, not Eddie Lacy. <laughs> Fat Eddie Lacy. Derek, Derek Henry, um, one-time Heisman Trophy winner out of the University of Alabama. No tide. Um, he has turned into Superman. He's showing why he is, or he has earned the contract extension that he received right before the season started. All the offense goes through him. 
Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill, is not the type of quarterback that Tom Brady is. He's not the type of Brady or type of quarterback that Ben Roethlisberger is. Now he's probably closer to Derek Carr than either one of those two. So he doesn't have that dude at quarterback. So and when in, and then also AJ Brown is the uh, is the alpha dog in the Tennessee Titans locker or uh, wide receiver room as well. So um, I'm not sure about that. I think. I think for it, it, it could be a good fit if he's willing to accept the reduced role, and we talked that we talked about that a lot during the NBA season with Carmelo Anthony because nobody wanted to sign him, and people were making up excuses about well, I don't want a Hall of Famer coming off the bench. That's why it took so long for him to get a job or whatever. But all right, so we got about what three minutes left to go in this first segment. I want to ask you one more question, and whatever we don't get to on this side, we'll get to the, on the other side. If this does happen for the Seahawks with DK Metcalf, with Tyler Lockett, with Antonio Brown, where would the Seahawks rank as far as wide receiver trios go in the NFL? I think they would put them right at the top if Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown. Uh, Of course, he's been out of the league for almost a year, but... From what we understand, he keeps himself in tip-top condition. So even if he's 85% of himself and he goes and plays with the Seattle Seahawks, I think they would be the top trio in the NFL. Yeah, that definitely would put them right up there. And I can't help but think of your Dallas Cowboys with Gallup, Lamb, and Cooper as far as talent goes. Uh, I can't help but think of uh, the new kid in Pittsburgh with Juju Smith-Schuster and James Washington. That's all. That's Chase Claypool who we're talking about. Um, can't help but think about the Arizona Cardinals with DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald with his old self, <laughs> and and Christian Kirk. So, it, it look... If they did that, um, it definitely, in my opinion, would would put them up there. Of course, we'll have to see what happens on the field um, and how they mesh together as a unit. And uh, speaking of wide receivers, we're going to get the OBJ here right now because uh, I don't know if you saw it in in week six, Corey, uh, but the Pittsburgh Steelers kind of boat raced the Cleveland Browns a little bit, 34 to 7. And the camera happened to find uh, happened to find one Odell Beckham Jr. wide receiver from the Cleveland Browns on the sideline doing Odell Odell Beckham Jr. things. And in the presser, uh, Odell said, "Look, basically, I'm not going to change. This is how we feel about this. this. Is how strongly we feel about this game. I'm trying to motivate my guys, and that's it. So, you know, I'm not going to change. Do we think that we do we think at some point?" that Odell Beckham Jr. will be changing to another team here in the very near future. Uh, we got 30 seconds left to go, and we'll finish it up on the other side of the break. Man, honestly, I think at some point he will move on from the Browns. Um, and we have to learn, or he has to learn passion versus um, coming off looking whiny or like a baby. So, um kind of the same thing that we had with Cam Newton when you win and everything is good you clowning and dancing and clapping hold on, but when you're not hold on, it's bad hold on we got we coming to the break alright come on back on the other side of the break man Corey's gonna finish this soliloquy about Odell Beckham Jr. Corey Ellison Marquess and Huff the dopest engineer in the game big day sports fans all around the planet y'all make sure y'all come on back on the other side and holler at us man we'll be right back in just a few seconds 
I know you new school cats out there don't know nothing about this. Slick Rick, talk to him. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago, man, when OBJ uh, was in New York catching bombs, one-handed catches, all that stuff. Willie Epstein Jr., Shake Back Sports Show, Big Game Christian Sports Network. Welcome to the second segment of the show. Corey Ellison, what's going on, brother? What's good, brother? Ain't nothing. The dopest engineer in the game, all behind the boards. What's happening? Big day. Sports fans all over the fifth rock from the sun. What it do? Uh, just in case you missed it in the first segment, we talked about the pending return of Antonio Brown. And we started talking about Antonio, or not Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr. and his antics. We're going to finish up with that here in just a moment. Before we go any further, this second segment is being brought to you by, that's right, the Big Game Christian Sports Network. Check us out on YouTube and click the subscribe button at BGC Sports Network 1 and help expand the brand. And also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BGC Sports 1. You can also check us out on uh, the TuneIn app. Just throw in BGC Sports in the old search bar or BGC Sports Network in the old search bar and that's where you will find us on Twitter for this show the or at Shakeback Sports and for Instagram the underscore shake underscore back um, as we go ahead and proceed forth in the proceedings <laughs> um, Corey just finish uh, telling the listeners out there what you were saying about Odell Beckham Jr. and his this possibly being um, his last days uh, in, in a Cleveland Browns uniform yeah, man, it's possible that that he may not be there, but especially if uh, Baker Mayfield stays at the helm at quarterback. Um, as we know, man, Odell Beckham, he's at his best or at his greatest when he's catching passes, catching bombs and making incredible plays and highlight films. When he has that, his passion comes out and he's smiling and he's dancing and everything else. But on the other end, when things aren't going well and they getting the brakes beat off of him his passion his passion versus perception changes like like people see him as being whiny or a baby or whatever you may want to call it like i was saying kind of like how things were with cam newton when things are going great things are going well he's doing superman sticking his chest out and doing his dances but then when things are going bad, towel over his head, duck down, not wanting to talk, which I haven't seen any of that this year. So hopefully he's changed and realized that. And I think that's some of the same things that, that OBJ needs to do going forward. Um, there's no question he's passionate about football. There's no question that he wants to win. But at the same time, you got to reel in, you know, your antics that you do because people's perception – Makes them think differently about it. Truer words were uh, were never spoke, and I agree with you um, on those points. Uh, I just hope he doesn't end up in Kansas City, um, <laughs> because because they just signed some dude by the name of Le'Veon Bell, and uh, he is due to make his uh, NFL de- or his uh, his Kansas City Chiefs debut. Oh, by the way, I hate them. Um, yeah, so stay tuned for that. Um, I'm pretty sure Corey's already got him on his fantasy league team too, don't you? 
Hold up. Just wait. There's more. <laughs> no, don't tell me he's good. Look, he is showing. Oh, my God. Can you see it? No, get back up a little bit. I can't see it. It's too bright. And I'm glad I can't see it. Yes. So. I got Le'Veon Bell and I got Antonio Brown sitting on my bench. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. So, we're going <laughs> to Thanks, man. Appreciate that. But we're going to move on to the next part of the show, man. And this is the uh, hashtag Homer part or hashtag Homer segment where we discuss the performances of our favorite teams. And due to the fact that the Raiders had a bye in week six, I'm going to select another team. So, Corey, your team, the Dallas Cowboys, played the Arizona Cardinals in the final game of week six that will be on Monday night. And they um, did not fare all that great. Taking it on the chin to the Arizona Cardinals, 38 to 10 in the homecoming of sorts for quarterback from the Cardinals, Kyler Allen. And um, he only completed nine passes. Talk Kyler about, Murray. Talk about your team, man. Get your get your mans. Man, if, if you would have told me before <laughs> the game started that Kyler Murray would have went nine of 24 for 188 yards and DeAndre Hopkins would have had two receptions for 73 yards, I would have said that there was no way that they could have won that game. And like you said, he did go 9 of 24. But if you take away that 80-yard disaster by our defense that they gave up to Christian Kirk, he would have went, what, 8 of 24 for 108 yards? Something like that. How do you... (laughs) How do you allow that to happen, number one? Number two, how do you continue to have busted coverage and just allow receivers to get behind your coverage? And number three, how do you allow Kenyon Drake, who hasn't really done anything this year, to come in and rush or have 20 carries for 164 yards and two touchdowns? Man, I like I've told you, I'm I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan to heart. That's my squad, my team. I ride and die with them. Um, I had high hopes for them this year. I'm not one of those that will go out and, and say a Super Bowl every year. Um, I just don't know what to say, man. It's 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 depressing. <laughs> um, this is not what I expected. And now players are coming out saying different stuff regarding the the coaching staff. So going forward, I'm just going to sit back and watch what happens. Um, (laughs) It's it's funny to you. It's funny to me. Um, At this point, I would rather get a um, good draft pick. I don't care about going to the playoffs by winning five or six games because you're going to get thrashed in the first round wild card, whoever you play. So that makes no difference. So I'd rather just take our lumps, man, get a top 10 pick and and move on down the road. (sighs) Where do I begin? Um, Number one. For all y'all out there screaming or that were screaming, yeah, Dak's been brought or Andy Dalton's been brought in because if Dak messes up, he is going to be the man. Stop it. 
Just stop. Stop it. it. Please, Please stop it. Please stop. Uh, Andy Dalton in his best day back in Cincinnati, his best days would have not ever been as good as Dak Prescott is as he is going to be. He's their primes will be so mismatched, mismatched. It's not even funny. And then number two, um, what's your defensive coordinator's name again? Nick Bonacani. Mike Nolan. Oh, I said Nick Bonacani. Uh, Mike <laughs> Nolan. Can you just go in your bathroom, look in the mirror and just start slapping yourself? Because you are showing why nobody has wanted to bring you onto their staff in the last six years. And then number three, Ohio State running back now with the Dallas Cowboys just signed a mega extension. Ezekiel Elliott, 12 carries for 49 yards. And you have two fumbles, one of which your team was actually driving. Um, No bueno. No bueno. And number four, Mike McCarthy. And Corey, I want to address this with you in the OT. Mike McCarthy, there's a reason why you have not been had your door beaten down in the last couple of years as a head coach because you're showing why you are who you are. Now, the Cowboys, um, there is a bit of a, a, an array of sunshine, if you ask me. But you know me. I'm going to give it to you good, and then I'm going to give it to you bad. The Cowboys have scored at least 37 points in two of the six games, the two games that they didn't score, uh, at least that many, they scored 20 against the Rams in the opener. And then they scored 10 in this game against the Arizona Cardinals. Every other game, they scored 37 points or more. <laughs> but they've also allowed 37 points or more, too. So the last time I checked, the bigger the score you have, the more wins you get. And albeit they are sitting at the top of the NFC least. I'm with Corey. They don't even deserve a home game. And that's something that needs to be looked at because if a team finishes six and ten, seven and nine or eight and eight, there's there's no way they should host a playoff game. Okay, Corey. So now even though okay, Andy Dalton went thirty four for fifty four for two hundred and sixty six yards. He did have a touchdown and he did uh, throw two picks. Um, can you tell your boy Michael Gallup to learn how to th- how to catch? Because he dropped a sure touchdown in the end zone. Yes, he did. He dropped a touchdown. Um, players not picking up on the assignments, man. Can block. Um, our our offensive line is just depleted. It's just horrible. Um, I think we have now what twelve or thirteen players that were supposed to start. That's either has. Ending season surgeries or or on IR, it's just the bug has hit us. Which I'm not making excuses, but the bug has hit us. And from what I understand, supposedly Mike Nolan has put in this sophisticated off uh, defense. They didn't have a mini camp. They didn't have um, OTAs. Um, OTAs. So they haven't had time to learn this stuff. So why not scale back? And just have a simple defense. Just have 
three or four, scale back, see how that works instead of trying to put in all this complex stuff. Um, I just, I, I don't know, man. I thought Mike McCarthy would do a better job. He, he sold me, you know, saying that he's had time to sit back and watch all this film and he knows better now. And, but he's the same old fat Mike McCarthy. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't know, man. I'm perplexed. I really am. I'm perplexed. Uh, that ain't in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you have a grown man going to another grown man's house for a sleepover, and the next day you end up as a head coach, kind of makes you wonder what happened behind closed doors over there in uh, Jerry World. So um, we're going to stop it right there and move on to the next part. Uh, since the Raiders did not have a game in week six, um, I'm going to talk about those stupid Kansas City Chiefs because they played in the game before the Cowboys on that week, uh, that Monday week six, week six rather, and they went to Buffalo. And all of the hype that has been surrounding Buffalo uh, for the first four maybe weeks of the season um, has been put on ice because they've lost to the Titans in Min- or in Tennessee after Tennessee did not have any practice time because of the COVID outbreak within their roster. And then they go home and await the world champion Kansas City Chiefs of which you think you would think you would think that they would be up for. But no, it didn't happen that way as Kansas City went in there and beat them 26 to 17. I was really, really hoping that the Chiefs would um, would lose simply because I hate them. Uh, and then number two, if they would have lost, that would have put them at four and two. But that would have put us uh, at the top of the division based on our week five victory over them at Arrowhead. Now. This is the deal. Patrick Mahomes goes 21 of 26. Okay, you expect that. 225 yards, two scores. You expect that. But what you don't expect, Corey, is this. <laughs> you don't expect Clyde Edwards Hilaire to go 26 for 161. You don't expect Patrick Mahomes to go 10 for 36. You don't expect Darrell Williams to go 6 for 26. And you don't expect Darwin Thompson to go 3 for 17. What am I getting at here? You don't expect for the Kansas City Chiefs to run the ball for more than 200 and something yards against that defense. That was not expected. So now they got this other dude that's coming there by the name of Le'Veon Bell, who has two girlfriends. Who? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So, yeah, good job, uh, Buffalo, for uh, ruining my Monday this past Monday um, but hey you got to get credit where credit is due I mean they I don't know if you saw the game Corey but the weather was bad you know the tiny ship was tossed <laughs> all that stuff was going on in Kansas City because I mean in uh, Buffalo because it was cold rainy and just a, a muck it up type of uh, game and now the Kansas City Chiefs are showing you not only can they air it out with Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and McCole Hardiman and Mr. Uh, Robinson, Demarcus Robinson. Oh, yeah, and you got that dude in the middle by the name of Travis Kelsey who caught t- two touchdowns in this game. Now you want to add, now you have Clyde, of course you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire 
And now you want to bring in Le'Veon Bell and just try to run the ball down people's throats. Any thoughts? Yes, sir. Any thoughts? I'm crying. Man, it's like, who are you going to try to double team? You can't. It's it's going to be a field race. Like, like what I thought was going to be my Cowboys, like I said, the first of the year, first team to 40 win. Kansas City, they... I don't see nobody stopping them, man. Barring, barring injury to uh, Mr. Patrick Mahomes, I just don't see it. But we'll see. Even if they do have an injury to Patrick Mahomes, they're just going to run the rock. That's all they're going to do. Um, but you know where I take solace in, 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 in this all whole thing, Corey? Their only loss is to my team. Ha, ha, ha. All right, we got less than a minute left to go in the second segment. I wanted to ask you a question. We're going to go back to the Cowboys, um, and particularly Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton. As we started saying in this segment, you cannot say that Dak Prescott was going to be replaced by Andy Dalton based on if there was a bad performance or two by Dak. This performance or lack thereof of, for, from Andy Dalton, does it strengthen Dak Prescott's leverage for a long-term deal next season. Ten seconds, yes or no? It absolutely does. Yes, he's needed. And I agree a hundred percent with that statement. Not just now, but all the way back to two years ago when they could have actually signed him to the long-term deal, but they wanted to give the money to Ezekiel Elliott and Jalen Smith. So go figure. All right, so that's going to do it for the second segment of the Shakeback Sports Show, BGC Sports Network. Mark Weston Huff, Corey Ellison, Big Day, Willie F.T. Jr. Man, y'all coming back on the other side, man. We still got some more NFL talk, and uh, we're going to wrap this thing on up. So y'all come on back and holler at us. being over your head um, I'm a little bit over my head as to what the Kansas City Chiefs did in Buffalo this past Tuesday and Corey might be a little bit over his head based on what the Cardinals did to the Cowboys uh, on Monday I'm excuse, excuse me Monday not Tuesday Willie Upton Jr. third and final segment of the Shakeback Sports Show Big Game Christian Sports Network dope is engineer in the game big day what's going on Football fans, basketball fans, baseball fans, tune into the hashtag Brothers of Baseball Show. Twelves and sixes, Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday with your boy, Willie Epstein Jr. And my new contributor and hashtag sissy of baseball, Natalie Turk. Corey Ellison, what's happening, bruh? What's good, my man? Well, we were talking about um, the Cowboys and Dak Prescott and... His leverage, and I asked you a really a yes or no question, um, does his leverage level increase based on what we saw from Andy Dalton on, on Monday night? And you said yes, emphatically, absolutely it does. But here's another question I have for you. Jerry Jones is 78 years old, I believe. 77, 78, somewhere in there. He's stuck in his ways, basically. Is he going to come off the money? I think he will, man. At the end of the day, um, 
I know people say that Jerry cares more about the business than the football team. But let's let's just let's just keep it real. They were pretty much there with the contract. It was just a matter of one year difference um, when it broke down the negotiations. Um, so going forward, I think they will get it done. I know I'm sick and tired of people saying um, Jerry should go ahead and ante up the money since um, he gambled and took this one-year deal and he went out and got hurt. No, he earned it. He's earned it. Um, there, we, we, we can see that Andy Dalton cannot do what Dak Prescott can do. Man, I was arguing with this cat on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it or not. He was talking about how Andy Dalton was going to be so much better. Andy Dalton was going to do this. And then he started giving all these excuses. And I, I blew a hole in every excuse that he made. <laughs> you know, he's saying, man, Andy Dalton is a 14-year veteran. Uh, he knows how to run an offense. If that's so, then why did we allow Arizona to stack the box? Or why did we allow um, – what's the what's – the, corner's name that kept blitzing and just killing us. What's his name? Buda Baker. Buda Baker. So when you identify and you see this and you see that they stack in the box on one side, why could you not identify this and audible out and do something different or bring your fullback or uh, running back over to that side to pick up that extra man? So he doesn't he doesn't have the arm strength he doesn't have the intangibles and for what i can tell he can't read the defense so a quarterback is invaluable man there's not that many out there to begin with and when you have one that's consistently improved year to year to year you can't let him go you just can't i, I just can't see it happening if he does that's going to be a detriment to my cowboys and that's going to set us back for years to come all very valid points. And unfortunately, uh, for for some Cowboys fans or maybe even people who are not Cowboys fans that just are football fans and know the game at least a little bit can understand the point of view that you just um, uttered regarding the um, <laughs> the potential and the performance of one Andy Dalton. And it's not a knock. And I, I feel like I could say this on your behalf. I don't think it's a knock. On Andy Dalton, it's just more or less the the fact that Dak does deserve the long term deal. And now, um, I think that he may be in a better position to actually um, to actually demand it, even though he has been injured for the season. Um, basically, what it's going to do is the money, the years are going to shrink, in my opinion, anyway, because of the because of the year off. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. All that's going to take place. Um, hopefully within the next or sometime right after the Super Bowl. So, all right, man, we're going to move on to the next part of the show. And it is the part of the segment that we actually talk about something that made us. Oh, my God. So, Corey, what made you uh, (laughs) what made you say that? Man. It was this team in the NFL that was trailing by one point with three minutes and five seconds left. The coach intentionally sent too many men out on the field, which gave them a penalty and stopped the clock, which saved about 40 seconds and stopped them from having to burn a timeout. Essentially, him doing that 
gave them just enough time to score a game-time touchdown when Ryan Tannehill connected with A.J. Brown with four seconds left in the game, which allowed them to win and improve to 5-0. and That would be the Tennessee Titans and their genius. Wish he was my um, head coach, Mike Vrabel. Did you see that? I did see that, Corey, and when I heard about it, well, I didn't see it, I heard about it, and when I heard about it, I instantly tweeted Mike Vrabel, hashtag tighten up, how about that, and he took advantage of a loophole in the rules, he did not break the rule, he did not cheat, he simply took advantage of an opportunity and that alone my friend makes me think that he's going to be the coach of the year because they got a tough test in week seven against the Steelers the number one defense in the NFL and um, they got that monster back there though dude that monster that that look that monster truck <laughs> stiff army and speaking of uh, said <laughs> speaking of that you want to talk about something that oh my god yeah it was that but from another team because and I talked about it in the second segment because I hate them but I'm going to give them their credit did you see the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs ran the ball down the throat of what many people had declared the best defense in the AFC. I saw that and I just, my mouth dropped. And that defense has been struggling really since I want to say week, maybe maybe week three. So my, oh my God, comes from Orchard Park Upper New York, Upper West New York, and whatever the name of that stupid stadium is, <laughs> where the Buffalo Bills got buffaloed by the Kansas City Chiefs running game. All right, man. They got mafia. They got mafia by the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Bills Mafia got kingdomed by hashtag Chiefs Kingdom. All right, man. So we got a, <laughs> we got about six and a half left. Six and a half minutes left to go in the show. Um, I don't know if you've heard or seen. Um, but college football is uh, definitely in full swing. And the Big Ten, the Big Ten, the conference that has a 10 name but has 14 teams, will be making their season debut this weekend. So it's week eight, I want to say, for college football. They will be uh, making their uh, their debut against, or it will be, and their headline game is, <laughs> how ironic is this, Ohio State and Nebraska. Now, if you remember, Nebraska threatened to sue. Actually, they didn't threaten to sue. They did sue. They sued the Big Ten because they wanted to play football amidst the COVID pandemic and when the Big Ten decided to shut down. So now... They're getting what they asked for as Justin Fields and the number, I think it's number three, maybe number four, four ranked Buckeyes come to town or actually they they welcome in the Cornhuskers and Ohio State's number five. They welcome in the Huskers. And how much of a beating do we think Justin Fields and that offense is going to put on this team from Lincoln? Man, I think it's going to be a 
just beat the brakes off of him, man. I just don't see you coming in when um, at the time that you are, and you really haven't had that much practice. You 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 haven't had that contact. I just don't see it happening, man. I don't think it's going to be pretty at all. Justin Fields, um, he's already behind in the Heisman race. That distinction belongs to Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson. And all he did last week or week seven <laughs> against the Georgia Tech rambling wreck, all he did was throw for five touchdowns <laughs> and over 500 yards in the first half. Man, the Heisman, is it's a wrap. It's over. This dude can can sit out three or four games and come back, and he's still going to win. He has 1,544 yards, 15 touchdowns, one interception, with a quarterback rating of a 91.1. Come on, dude. Yeah, and um, there may not be anybody that's going to be close to him. Now, I'm interested to see how these people, uh, as far as – the Heisman voting or the Heisman winner or the Heisman Trophy voters, how they're going to do this with Justin Fields coming back and being able to play uh, what essentially seven or eight games. How are they going to tally the votes? But more importantly, how are they going to set some sort of, a, I guess, equation to stack up against Trevor Lawrence and whoever else could be in contention? Because we know his numbers aren't going to be the same. There's no way he's going to catch up. So I'm interested to see how they are going to um, to do some sort of equation, man, that's going to actually make it look as though they're a lot closer than they are. And if, if there's anything, in my opinion, that Justin Field has going for him in his advantage that he's seen so far what Trevor Lawrence has been able to do uh, in these um, these what six weeks of of a head start that he's got in front of him. So very interesting indeed, man. And Clemson, look, Clemson playing in the ACC is just just completely and totally unfair. Um, that that conference is nowhere near what it was. Uh, Florida State, I mean, they almost lost to a Division two or FCS squad uh, earlier in the year. So that 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 conference isn't anywhere near what it was. LSU. Oh, let me ask, let me let me let me let's do this real quick, Corey. LSU has placed itself on some type of punishment because of OBJ throwing hundred dollar bills in the air when the LSU Tigers beat the Clemson Tigers <laughs> in the national championship game, and now they have self imposed some some restrictions on themselves, rightly so. Um, but they're not anywhere near they were. Jamar Chase, the number one receiver in the nation, arguably decided to opt out when the COVID hit and decided to go ahead and get prepared for the draft. Um, another couple of big games, man, that they have on the slate in the world of college football. You've got. Look, you've you've got uh, Oklahoma State playing home to I think it's Iowa State, and Oklahoma State has that running back. Yeah, Iowa State is number seventeen. Oklahoma State six is number six. And can we just talk about Hubert? How how good of a running back he is, a kid from Canada. And another big another big matchup on the college schedule has uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats um, coming to Dallas to play the SMU Mustangs. That game is actually going to be in prime time on ESPN on Saturday night. Cincinnati has one of the best defenses in the country, and I actually have slated them to be one of those mid majors that can make a dent in the possible uh, getting into the college football playoffs. So, Corey, one of 
other thing I wanted to mention, man, um, because we're not doing the OT this this week, but it was the news that came out on Thursday about the Oakland Raiders, or I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders and their uh, five offensive linemen being, um, for the back, lack of a better word, being placed in holding uh, quarantine, along with uh, safety Jonathan Abram. All those guys will be quarantined um, due to close contact. Um the game between themselves and Tampa Bay has been moved from Sunday night to Sunday afternoon if the late game, the late window. Any thoughts? Man, it's just thirty seconds. I don't know, it's just it's just weird, um, with all the game shuffling, especially with us being able to watch a game on a Tuesday night, an NFL game. Um won't say that I, that I didn't like it. Because it was just an extension of, you know, more football. But at the same time, man, you just got to give props to the NFL for trying to do what they can to keep this thing afloat and keep it moving forward. Um, I mean, COVID is real, man. And, you know, people got to take it seriously and, you know, make sure that they protecting themselves as well as those around them. Yep. Um Football is a is a full contact sport, man, and you're touching each other and sweating on each other and landing on each other and, and hold on, spitting Corey. on each other. Uh, hold on, Corey. Doing everything else. Hold on, Corey. Speaking of landing, we got to land the plane because we out of time. Coming on up on the next break. Other side is uh from press box to press roll with Donna Ware. Y'all make sure y'all take care of each other, love each other, hug each other, and we'll holler at y'all again real soon. Peace. We out.